0: Welcome to What Compassion Accomplishes, a podcast dedicated to sharing information, ideas, and resources about domestic abuse and sexual assault. The topics discussed in this podcast, including survivor stories, supportive services, and domestic abuse or sexual violence, can be difficult, and we urge you to listen with care. Our hosts are not licensed counselors or mental health professionals. If you or someone you care about have experienced domestic, dating, or sexual violence, please call the WCA's 24-hour hotline at 208-343-7025 or the National Domestic Violence Hotline 1-800-799-7233. You can also find more resources in the description of this podcast.
1: I am Corey Michaels with Auction Frogs, along with Becca McGuire, WCA Outreach Specialist. And this is What Compassion Accomplishes. How are you?
2: Good. How are you?
1: Oh, wonderful. This this is going to be a a different topic today as we uh, welcome our guest, Dr. Veronica uh, Salazar, WCA's Program Director. And our topic today, and, and we've talked about before, that abuse... Doesn't just affect women and children. It does a lot. It also affects men as well. And I think this is uh, something that Dr. Uh, Salazar is very equipped to be able to speak to. How are you today?
3: I'm doing good. Thank you for allowing me to come and join the conversation. Yeah.
1: And even though not, not talked about as much um, when it comes to uh, men being the focus of abuse it it's out there and it's prevalent and i think there's because of that uh, maybe it's the 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 masculine quality or whatever uh wanting to say that you're being bullied abused anything like that that goes against everything that we were raised as guys um to be and so i think there's even more of a situation where we kind of bottle that down and don't talk about it and well with anyone you hide those feelings and they're gonna come out at some point and usually in ways that aren't aren't good um what it what have you seen with i know you have worked with many um in both your private practice and with the wca as well when it comes to men and abuse
3: I think um, for me, one of the things that I realized early on in my career that when you think about victims or survivors, it there's not only one face to it and I think early on because of the research that has been out there and even the wonderful work that different organizations are doing is very much centered in um, women and children Mm -hmm. and I don't think um, that's a bad thing I think there's great value when you think about that however I think it's important to realize that we need to expand that um, because at least in the work that I've done as a clinician um, I have seen that male identity survivor and one of the things that they tell me is similar to what you just shared is this stereotype that's around who's a victim and I think for me it was so helpful um, when clients began sharing about their journeys and how difficult that can be and just being really afraid to even name it as you said. Um, because our communities and our culture, either knowingly or unknowingly, they don't realize there can be significant pain, even for males.
1: Yeah. And it's, uh, it, it's something that is out there. And I'm sure Becca, when you, when, while well, you were able to be out in, in public, uh, in doing, you know, the, the different events and things, and hopefully we'll be again soon. Um, did you see or talk to a lot of, a lot of guys, males or male identified, or was it primarily all uh, women and children?
2: So primarily women and children, but I I do think that that's a lot of the stigma behind domestic abuse and sexual assault and men, male identifying people, not feeling comfortable talking about it and being open with their own experience Or even not even being able to recognize it. So, mainly women and children.
1: Well, and again, we talk about abuse comes in many different ways. It's not necessarily just physical abuse. Um, Mental abuse. um, You know, someone that is, you know, every time you turn around, they're checking your phone. And checking your, your email. And... Trying to control everything that you do, keep you away from your friends and and all of that. Those are all forms of abuse, monetary, you know, uh, abuse where controlling the purse strings, as it were, of the house. And those are all things, men, women, whatever it, that that is straight abuse. And no one deserves that. And there's help. There's hope that is out there and that's the big thing that we want people to know
3: absolutely and i think um, when we think about all that painful experiences going back to what becca mentioned and even some of the things that you shared is really thinking about sometimes that label is even difficult for Um, male clients to actually kind of name it, that that's what's happening for them. Mm -hmm. Um, They know something doesn't feel right. They know there's pain around um, feeling powerless because um, they fear that if they leave the situation, they're going to lose their children, Um, feeling like uh, at any given time, as you said, it could be physical or mental Um, And sometimes my clients would share about experiences that were so profound, even in a kind of mental um, impact to them. So individuals, perpetrators specifically, um, trying to control everything around them. Um, So I think for me, one of the things that I think about when I'm hearing all this pain um, is really recognizing that there is opportunity for healing. And... Those were some of the things that I was able to do with them, walk in that journey to really kind of bring back that light, because that's really what happens. It's almost like that beautiful light that they probably had at one time is really uh, taken away from them. And thinking about how do we bring that back, um, it's just an amazing feeling and experience for myself as a clinician and being part of that witness, but then also for that individual and seeing what ripple effect that could have on a person's life.
1: And yeah, I, I, I think part of it that, that comes out as we've talked about is that, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a guy, I'm strong, I can't be abused. Um, but it's also the, societal feelings on abuse. It's a lot of times automatically that the male is the abuser. And unfortunately in too many cases, that is the case. Um, but I know for, for me, I was, I was seeing someone many, many years ago now and you know, and I, I didn't really notice. I mean, I guess I did. I ignored the signs at first and it it all kind of came to a, to a head finally one night when uh, the, this person that I was seeing um, came over to the house, uh, very intoxicated. And my youngest daughter who was a teenager at that time was in the house and she came in and and was looking for a fight. And there had been a lot of the signs of, uh, of abuse along the way. And this went from me being dead asleep to all of a sudden, here's this, this person. Um, and she's throwing, throwing things around the room and just screaming and incoherent and, um, wound up hitting me a couple of times. Uh, I got caught on some glass from a lamp that had been, you know, thrown and, but I was afraid to call nine one one. And it was actually my daughter who did. And it, when the police arrived automatically, there was blood in the entryway. Um, that was from my feet and, but I was the guy. And so I was the one who had the the guns drawn on me and I was the one sitting on the stairs wondering what just happened. Now, as they did their investigation, you know, they, they figured out the truth quite quickly, but it was that feeling of not only did I just get abused. Now I'm being questioned as being the abuser. Um, that was not a good feeling at, a, at all um, and but you know luckily it all it all came out and everything was it was fine but it was that moment when i i realized why it's hard for anyone who is going through any form of abuse to to reach out and to help and you get so far into a situation that you just kind of accept it until it comes to a situation where um that that you can't accept anymore and that was that was mine um unfortunately for a lot of people it gets a lot more extreme before you finally realize this is not okay so just i didn't know who to call then um and I should have I work with you know the organizations all the time um but I still didn't so the one thing that I hope if you're listening right now and you were in a situation male female child uh, friend is that reach for that that help that hope it's there and whether it's folks like Becca Uh, Dr. Salazar, you know, get get out there and, and, and make that, make that call and you're not going to be judged. It's not your fault. And, you know, get, uh, get the help that is readily available for you. They want to help. And we want to be able to make sure that you are in the happiest, healthiest, best place possible. Now Dr. Salazar for you when it comes to the the male clients that you've seen in your private practice and as a clinician was this a situation where they were referred to you or did they actually you know finally get to a point where they reached out and said no I I I need help
3: Well I think um, I'm going to answer your question, but um, I just want to pause for a moment and just thank you for sharing that story. And
1: it's uh, um, actually the I, first I, time I've ever, <laughs> ever shared that in a, in a public setting.
3: And, but. and I think um, that's not a small task and it is. Powerful and meaningful, and I hope people that listen to your story um, bring some awareness about what that pain is. And um, even as you share in this moment, um, experiencing that with Becca and myself, and it's a profound um, experience and information and very telling. And I think um, that's really what this conversation is about: is unmasking what the reality is of domestic abuse and sexual assault, um, that's what happens. It it keeps hitting. so I appreciate your vulnerability and sharing that. And, um, I think that's really the direction that we want to go, that individuals are not alone and that there is help out there. Um... But going back to your original question, I think um, when I think about my referrals, and that's the work that we're also going to try to do here at the WCA, is in my private practice, um, my primary referrals began um, with other organizations, um, specific organizations that worked with individuals with domestic abuse and sexual assault, um, but yet they would get referred to me. Um, Other types of referrals that I would get were from other male-identified clients or even because I also worked uh, with women-identified clients. um, Mm -hmm. The referrals would also come from them. So they would say, hey, I met this amazing counselor that really changed my life. Um, I can't guarantee the same, but I think she would be a good person for you to visit. And as I think about those moments, for me, the most... um, significant way that i think about am i doing the work that i need to be doing comes when a client says here's another person i think you can help them too
1: yeah well and i i think those are the greatest advocates are the ones that have been through it um they know what that fear is so the relatability to be and realizing that the 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 acceptance level that is out there. Um, What, when you're in it, what you're willing to accept. And once you get on the other side, what you realize you should have accepted. And so, yeah, when someone comes out on the other side and they, they truly had someone um, they had that village around them to be able to say, it's okay. There is hope. There is another way to live the right way. And so getting those, those folks out there, they're the best advocates we could ever have because they can say when that person's like, you don't understand. It's like, Oh no. Yes, I do. And when you're ready for it, there's help. So now with, uh, as a community, what can we do to, kind of make it more comfortable of a subject to be able to talk about in your opinion, Dr. Salazar?
3: I think for me, one of the first things where it starts is education. Um, So education in regards to what is domestic abuse. Um, Not jumping so fast to trying to identify who could be that victim, but really education of what that looks like. Um, I think if we can start there in educating ourselves, and if we don't have the education, seeking those opportunities. I know within the WCA, we create opportunities where people can learn about what is domestic abuse. Um, But then also seeking in other spaces where you could have some conversations about what this is. Um, I think, in my opinion, that's one of the primary goals um, that we need to be working towards. The other part is, which is a little bit more challenging, is removing this kind of idea of what is a typical client. Um, Because a typical client um, can be anybody that... Um, is out there and um, sometimes when I get this question asked to myself I say just look in the mirror Hmm. guess what that is a typical client that could be you that could be anybody that's looking in the mirror Um, so I think also removing this idea that um, it only looks one way or the other Um, and also be ready to listen because Um, The signs are out there The things are happening. Um, I think by the time um, individuals come to places like the WCA, things have escalated so far out that it just feels so helpless. And I'm hoping as a community um, that we all engage in this conversation and don't allow people to live in isolation with that pain. Nobody deserves that.
1: No. And I think one thing... That has come along. We're still we've still got a long way to go, um, but it's not as taboo to talk about now as it, it used to be, even ten, twenty, thirty years ago, where you just kind of hid in the shadows because that was just going to add to your pain if everyone was just going to be going, oh look at him or look at her. That you know they're the ones that have it. You know? And so that just is going to compound the situation that you're in, and it's getting better. The conversations are out there, and and as Doctor Salazar said, there is no face of abuse. There's not uh, that face. It it does not discriminate. Abuse is equal opportunity, no matter what your race, creed, color, religious, sexual orientation who or what you identify as, it does not matter. Everyone is subject to, unfortunately, abuse. And just know that uh, that's the whole point of this is not to scare you. It's to say, no, it's the exact opposite. There is hope and you do not deserve to be abused mentally, physically, in any way. Your children do not deserve to be abused. No one deserves that. And now, Becca, for someone who wants and is ready to find that help, where do they reach out right now?
2: So the first step would be to call our 24-hour hotline, and that is 208-343-7025. And you will um, talk to one of our amazing trained WCA employees on resources, next steps. Um, and if you're, re- if you're ready to have uh, a meeting with one of our um, amazing employees at the WCA and to get you started on your, your journey to healing, safety, and freedom. Mm-hmm.
1: Wonderful. So just know. That is there. And Dr. Salazar, are there any final thoughts that, that you have and thing, something that you would like to leave with someone who is either has someone in their life who they fear is in that situation or someone who's listening that is living with it themselves right now?
3: I think, For somebody that's witnessing that from a loved one or just somebody that's close to them and they just wonder, um, I think probably the first thing is speak up and speak up in a way of listening and wanting to listen. um, Not in directing, but really speaking up and stepping into that conversation with that individual and just being that good listener because we don't understand yet what's happening. Um, And then... um, the second part of that, if you're in that situation, um, I think the first thing that you want to know that you don't deserve this. Nobody deserves to live like that and that we are here and we want to, this is why we do this work. This right. is what w- excites us in the morning and what really kind of turns the page for us. So we're excited to contribute in that process. So do know we're here and there's hope and Um, We don't rush anybody into anything. Um, We will move at the pace that you want to move. So know and trust um, that we're here with you.
1: All right, Dr. Salazar, thank you so much. And Becca, thank you once again for joining me for another edition of What uh, Compassion Accomplishes.
2: Of course. I'm always so excited to be here. And thank you so much, Dr. Salazar. I'm so excited to see what we can accomplish at the WCA together.
1: Absolutely. So please, any all the contact information that you would need is right there in the description. And we look forward to talking with you again on another edition of What Compassion Accomplishes.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of What Compassion Accomplishes. Again, if you or someone you know has experienced domestic abuse, dating, or sexual violence, please call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at one 800 799 or the WCA's 24-hour hotline 208-343-7025.